Hello and welcome to our podcast, Dad Educates Daughter on 80s Music. This is Series 2, Episode 6. I'm Russell and this is my daughter, Rebecca. Hello. Hiya, Dad. You all right? I'm fine, thank you. You? Good. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Don't know, I don't know what to say about this week. No? No. It's some of these groups. a good week. No, nah, some of these groups were not what I was expecting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. You give me some right weird ones, I think. I'll be intrigued to see if you liked them growing up or if you still like them more Uh than me, more than what I think. So, yeah, I think you'll be shocked at who I like. Okay. (laughs) If you don't like Tears of Fears, there's something wrong with you. Well, you'll find out, won't you? Yeah. Okay. Well, Got let's you worried. talk music then. Yeah, well, very, yeah. Let's talk music. So I gave you, for this week, Tears for Fears, mm-hmm. Wham, yep. Wah, or the Mighty Wah, stroke Pete Wiley, Trio, uh-huh. Classic Navoo, and PHD. Yeah. So... How many number ones do you think you've listened to? So I think Wham and Tears for Fears had number ones. I've gone for four in total. I think Tears for Fears had one and Wham had three. You listened to five number ones? I nearly put five. Nearly. But only four from the 80s. Oh, okay, so I am right. Yes, actually you've listened to six number ones. Okay, but four from the 80s. Four from the 80s. Okay, so I'm right really with my four. Yeah, yeah, you are. Um, And also you listen to a song that has sold over 30 million records and is one of the biggest selling singles of all time. Now, obviously, a couple of weeks back, we spoke about Bing Crosby and White Christmas being a top selling single of all time yeah well we've listened to a single today that is on that top list of obviously it goes like the 50 million you've got the 40 million the 30 million and this one's in the 30 millions right wow okay i bet it's a wham we will see oh i don't know because it could be everybody wants to rule the world so it's actually the, so it's it's in the top 20 it's the 16th best-selling single of all time Okay. Okay. So right, we'll yeah. find out what that song is. Okay. So will you find out in this one? Because we're about to talk about Tears for Fears. Well, I don't know. I've just said it might be everybody wants to rule the world, and that's Tears okay. for Fears. So. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on Tears for Fears? So I know that you and Yvonne like them. And so I kind of went in. favourite group. Yeah. So I went in with high expectations because I do like Yvonne's music. She has good taste, I'll say. So I was listening and straight away I recognised Mad World. And then between Mad World and Shout, it's a bit eh, like they're not really, I don't know, it's good vocals, but it's not much there. And then when they get to shout, I feel like that's when they find their sound. That's when they know what they're all about. That's when they come in and, or it might just be, that's what I prefer. Like them after shout. Hold on. Between Mad World and shout, you have got 
change. Yeah. Pale shelter. Yeah. And mother's talk. And the way you are. Yeah. But you don't like change, pale shelter or mother's talk. I didn't say I don't like them. I just said they're not like giving that oomph, wow. that between. Wow. All right. <laughs> I said there's good vocals. They're just not much to the songs. But then after Shout, it gets really into it. And they really find, like, it, well, I say find their sound. Like, maybe it's just find what Becca likes. Um, but, yeah, I didn't realise that Tears of Fears was only too men either. And what I do like about them is they've got a range of what they can do. You know, they can do their slow, they can do their upbeat, their um, vocals change, like, vary in sound. Um, but, yeah, some songs are just a bit too slow for me. Mm. OK. Um, Tears for Fears are... Roland Orzabal, Orzabal, Razabal, however you say it. Kurt Smith. So, sorry, Roland is vocals, guitars, and keyboards. Yeah. And, um, joint songwriter. Right. Kurt Smith is vocals, bass, and keyboards. Ian Stanley is keyboards and backing vocals, and the other co writer. And Manny Elias is on drums. So there are more than two. So why do you only ever see two? Because then even because on they're album mainly covers... known, they're mainly known as those that um they they Roland and Kurt were the two main ones, and they were the ones who formed it. And the others are like just musicians that they've kept. So Manny Elias left in 86 and Stanley left in 87. And as I say, right. Ian Stanley was was um joint principal songwriter with Roland. Right. Um, they were formed in Bath in Ooh. 1981, um, and they are a new wave synth pop pop rock band. Oh, I didn't even say about the genre. I put a bit of no. rock, synth pop. That's what I put. I'm getting better with this, you know. Oh, you are. I suppose it's easy when you know what I've just told you, but, yeah, I believe you. I, I wrote that. You. <laughs> <laughs> I should have asked before I said it. I usually um, say... They were inspired by Talking Heads, oh. Peter Gabriel from originally from Genesis, okay. and Brian Eno from Roxy Music. Oh, okay. So, as I say, Orzabal and Smith formed the band on the back of liking the electro sounds of OMD, Depeche Mode, and Gary Newman. Okay. Um, they brought in Stanley as a surrounding musician after he offered them use of his eight-track studio for free. And then he stayed with them. Obviously liked what they were doing, and as I say, he wrote songs with them. After recording two demos, they were signed by Phonogram Records. However, their first two singles, which were, the, the, funny enough, the two demos, mm. um, they released was Suffer the Children in 1981 and Pale Shelter in 82 were relative flops. Oh, okay. So it didn't start off that great then. No. And then Manny, they brought Manny in uh, for the actual album, The Hurting, which was their first album. Okay. I find it really so, bizarre there's more than two. I yeah, they're, they're not known. They're, they're, they are known as a duo, to be honest. Right. Um, oh, well, there's poor two others, eh? No recognition. As I say, Osborne Stanley wrote most of the music, including Shout and Everybody Wants to All the World. Mm -hmm. Now, 
In July 1985, Tears for Fears were due to perform at Live Aid Philadelphia. Okay. They were actually billed before they were asked. Oh. So on the bill, you know, these are who were performing. Yeah. And they hadn't actually been asked to perform. Oh. They just obviously presumed they would. However, they pulled out on the morning of the actual show due to the backing musicians, Andrew Saunders on guitar and Will Gregory on saxophone, quitting the band due to their contracts expiring. So that's a problem when you have, um, when you don't have an actual, when they're not part of the actual band, they're just like the musicians. You kind of hire them. Yeah. And you just use them when you need them. Obviously they had come to the end, but, no one had obviously thought about Live Aid or whatever. And obviously they suddenly went, oh, we need you for Live Aid. And they said, well, we're, we're not we're under not. contract. That's um, mad. So um, they obviously couldn't go on without the backing musicians. Well, no. So um, they uh, had to pull out. However, to make up for it, Tears for Fears recorded a rewritten version of their hit, Everybody Wants to Rule the World for their um, Band-Aid's sister project, Sport Aid. And they changed the lyrics from Everybody Wants to Rule to Everybody Wants to Run. I was going to ask why I said to, because there was so obviously the going to be a reason. Why. Okay. But I, when I was listening to Everybody Wants to Run the World, it not only, obviously, the lyric has changed, I feel like the sound, like the music has changed. I don't know if I was just thinking that possibly but it sounds like there's possible. a different they probably worked with a different producer or something mm. who would have probably done it a bit different so yeah they probably didn't want it to be exactly like yeah um although it pretty much it pretty is much is yeah like you can hear the difference but it's very minor i thought um so they've had seven top 10 hits right they've had two number one albums uh with the hurting which was their first album oh. Okay. And songs from the big chair, which is, I suppose, um, is like, you know, it's one of the albums of the eighties. Oh, okay. You know, so one of those that like we the Joshua about. Tree, the Street yeah. Fighting Years, Lex Can I Love. You know, one yeah. of those must have from the eighties. So the hurting, as I say, that was released in what 82, 81? 82, I'd say. Um, and um, the songs from the big chair was from eighty six. Okay. Do you like these? Yeah, I like I, I like them, yeah. Yeah. Okay. In the US, they got to the top 100 billboard, as in for the albums. Oh, okay. And obviously had two number ones with Shout. Sorry, they had two top 100 billboard number ones with Shout and Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Right, okay. So they had two number ones, in a sense, in America. Okay. Oh, they're going to have more over here then, aren't they? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes people have had number ones in America and then none over here. Sure. Um, so Everybody Wants to Rule the World won Best British Single at the Brit Awards in 1986. Mm-hmm. Ian Stanley went on to be a record producer. Right. And then Osborne Smith... Um, Acrimonously, I will bear it right, acrimoniously, 
Yeah. Uh, split in 91 uh, with Orzabal retaining the name. And he then bought out the greatest hits album for Tears for Fears. Right. And he released Tears Rolled Down, laid, laid Low, Tears Rolled Down, whichever. Laid So Low, Tears Rolled yeah. Down. Yeah. So he bought that out just with as himself. Oh, okay. So um, when Tears for Fears are like performing now, like when you've gone to see No, them. they're both right. So hold on, hold on. So he retained the name, Orzabal, and released, as I say, The Greatest Hits and the release to, to, to bring out, because the, the Greatest Hits was called Tears Rolled Down. Right. And then the song was called Laid... Laid, um, Laid So Low. Laid So Low, and in brackets, Tears Rolled Down. Yeah. Um, so he released that. And then they reconciled in 2000... Right, and they released a new album in two thousand and four, which um, oh. they obviously then you know stayed together, and they are due to release their seventh studio album next year, February next year. Oh, so they're like still making music, still going. Yeah, we watched them on tour recently. Mm. So yeah, ah, so it's not one of these people that you've seen on tour that are just doing. No, no, they're they're stuff. still they're, they're not like rewinding that. They're yeah. still yeah. Ah. Okay, that's quite cool that they're still going. And why did they like break up? Was it just? I don't know. As I say, obviously, it wasn't a good breakup. As I say, is that very uh, that word that I can't say? Yeah, don't ask me to say it. Acrimonously, acrimonously, acrimonously. I can't. <laughs> can't say it. But anyway, um, it obviously did wasn't a good breakup. But obviously, you know. They, they, they got sorted back together, it out. So, you know, that, that's that's all good. Right, okay. Um, so yes, so um that that was Tears for Fears. Okay. So they're not that um, big though, are they? They're not they're I suppose they're I mean they were big. They were they were big, as you'll find out from their, their chart placing, but they didn't have a a big following like the Whams and the Duranda. They were more Yeah, like they weren't the big four. No, right. no. So they were like your people that you would say these are these were underrated. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But as I say, that as I keep saying, I think there were because there were so many different bands mm. and groups in the eighties. There was a lot of underrated, you know. Yeah, yeah, ones that got lost group. between. But those that were like Level Forty Two and Tears of Fears and Simple Minds as well. I suppose. I mean, Simple Minds were seen as a big live arena. Yeah, band. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Um, but Tears for Fears, Level 42, I suppose they had a lot of hit, a lot of ten, top 10 hits, you know, mm. but didn't probably get the recognition that they um, deserve from, right. from, from, they didn't have a following like Wham and Duran Duran for yeah. whatever reason. I'm with you. I suppose because they were more serious. I suppose, you know, Wham, Duran Duran, they probably went out, done the, 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 the kids' TV Mm, they were commercial they were commercialized whereas these weren't they were more professional yeah 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 did it because they were serious about it and liked it not just a way of making money um with you so we'll go through now their chart placings 1982 mad world what did you think of that i recognize this one it's very electric very 80s feeling has it been covered i feel like it's been covered so yeah it was covered and was a christmas number one so that's probably where you know it for so that's one of the ones that was a number one previously 
uh, not by them. So it's 2003. Right. Mad World was number one for Michael Andrews and Gary Jules. And as I said in the Christmas episode, I still say they should have changed the happy birthday lyric to happy Christmas or Merry Christmas. Yeah. I'm sure they could have got it in there to change it somehow. But yeah. Um, however, the original 1982 for Tears of Fears was number three. Oh, that's not bad going, is it? Nope. Mm. Uh, 1983 again, change. Good vocals, just a bit slow. Number four. Okay, so coming in tops, aren't they? Uh, still in 1983, Pale Shelter. This one I just thought was the same tone all the way through. I got like a bit, not bored, but I was like, come on, when's, when's it coming? Like, yeah, it was a bit too mellow for me. Number five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, 1983 still, The Way You Are. Got a good beat to it. Bit repetitive though, but yeah, I liked the beat. It was, you know, more giving me something. Number 24. Okay. That one didn't do as well. So now we're into 1984, Mother's Talk. This one was catchy, but it was quite quiet. Like the music kind of overtook the vocals. So it took away from it a bit. But yeah, I like this one. Number 14. Oh, okay. 1984, Shout. This was my favourite. Um, I recognised it and I thought, I bet this is a good one that they do. I bet this is good live. Number four. Hey, okay. So Mad World is still the highest charting. Yeah. 1985, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. I thought this might be a number one. And this is more what I was expecting from them. And I don't know if it's because I just recognised it. But, yeah, this is what I mean by this. This is the music. I feel like they found their sound, like, shout this. Like, yeah, this is this is them to me. I like it. Number two. Oh, not a number one. Okay. 1985, Head Over Hills. This was nearly my favourite. This is catchy. This like, is my favourite. Yeah, it's, I like this one. But Shout just kind yeah. of, it's got that bit more for me. But yeah, this one I really do enjoy. I like yeah, this one. My favourite. My favorite. Not so good in the chart, though. Oh. Number 12. Not That's even in not the top bad. 10. Yeah, but it's not bad. No, but when you think, you, you think of what you've said about yeah. Change and Pale Shelter, four and five. Yeah. And yet, yeah, and he gets number 12. Yeah. Uh, also 1985, I believe. This one's got you tapping along to it. It's got you moving a bit more, but it's also slowed down compared to the last three. Number 23. Ooh, okay. Um, 1986, Everybody Wants to Run the World. Okay, so this one I was just like, well, you've heard it before. I heard the difference, like I said. Number five. Oh, okay. Well, that's not better than the other one, is it? No, no, that was number two, the, the, the yeah. previous version, or the original. Uh, 1989, Sowing the Seeds of Love. So I recognised this one as well, you know, which I didn't, I was like, I don't know why. Um, this one as well was like, there's a bit of rock in these guys. This one was a bit of rocky going into it, but I liked it, yeah. It's got a nice balance to it. For me... It is the last probably 
decent 80s song of the 80s. I could tell. I mean, when I got that, it was on a now tape, and I used to just play this song all mm. the time. It was the best song on that now volume. By okay. Because the music was starting to change. You could mm. see that it was starting to change to the 90s. Yeah. And I always say that this song was the end of the 80s. Oh, literally. okay. You know, I mean, you still had some obviously going into the 90s. Yeah. But as far as the 80s, this was the last song, oh, really. And if right. you get on now, if you, I don't know what volume now it was on, but the rest of that album was, you could tell it was start, the music was changing. Yeah. And um, I always, when I listen to this, I always think, yeah, it just reminds me of that now. And I just played it, it was the only track I really, really liked on that. Oh, now. okay. Yeah. Um, because the the rest were just it was you know starting to be the house. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That a complete change heavy. from what you're. I used mean, to. there was some good. There was some, you know, soul to soul back to life. That was night around that time, and but you had S Express, and you know, it was, it was just starting to change. Okay. And this was, as I said, was probably the the last one of um, the eighties. Right. The eighties okay. music. Okay. In my opinion. That's that's interesting um, to know though, considering what it yeah. sounds like and everything. And it did well in a chart, number five. Oh, okay. Um, also nineteen eighty-nine, Woman in Chains. The vocals sound different on this one. I don't know if they had a change or someone swapped over. Um, but yeah, like so that was a bit like, oh, what what they what they done. So I don't know. They, they did sometimes so between the yeah, two. Yeah, I guess them, the two did, yeah. So, it could well have been. Um, number 26. Oh, okay. So they're quite up and down with yeah. some of them. Hmm. Now we're going into the 90s, 1990. Okay. Advice for the young at heart. This one gets you moving, like picks you up. You're like, okay, let's go. Like It's a bit more, it's weird because they've got like that bit of rock and that bit of pop. Like they can change themselves up. And that's what I mean when I said before that they can change. They've got a nice variety of what they do. And this shows it like they do something a bit different, I think. I, I like it, but mm. it wasn't the type of music to for be the charts yeah. at the time, unfortunately. Yeah. Number 36. Oh, okay. So that's the lowest they've had so far. So you can see now why Where it's changed. A cha- you know. Yeah. And um, 1992, Laid So Low, Tears Roll Down, as we just spoke about, was without Kurt Smith. This was my least favourite. Really? Yeah, didn't enjoy this one. And it might be because it's a whole change in the dynamic of the group. But yeah, this was my least favourite. And it's got a long intro and we all know how I feel about them. You got to number 17. Oh, Which really? was quite good when you consider that we were changing music now. Yeah. So. Mm, interesting. So yes. Okay. So, um, and Mad World, as I say, was the num was one of the number ones. Obviously, it wasn't actually with by, them. It, it was their song. Yeah, but it, but it was actually released by um, Gary Jules, and it was the Christmas number one. I don't know who that is. Which I don't know. So. I don't know who that is, so I must only recognise it from these, but I don't know. I just knew I recognised it, but yeah. I could tell it was a song that I just had a feeling it had been covered, but I didn't know who by, and I don't recognise who you're talking about. So No, I think they were like a one-hit wonder, to be honest. So. Yeah, with a song that's not theirs. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Moving on then. I'm not getting good vibes, but we'll find out later. Moving on to Wham. Okay. So Wham, obviously George Michael's in Wham, I noticed that. Their songs, they're all quite similar to each other, although they've got their first bit and then their last bit. Like, they do have a little change, and it's quite nice. And, yeah, the first three songs, I feel like they're experimenting a bit with, like, what they do or how they sound. And weirdly, I like it. I don't know. Like, I don't think it's up many people's street, and I'm surprised I even liked it. Um, But, yeah, the more I listened to it, the more I was like, oh, you're just having... They just seemed like they were having fun. And even, like, in their videos, you know, they're having fun. They look like the cool kids, you know, the one that everyone wants to be a part of. Um, But, yeah. And what I saw was, like, they kind of... They, like, changed from, like, they had the leather jacket and their plain top and their jeans. And then they brought out the neon colours. And I was like, that's a bit of 80s. And the short shorts, you know, now I know where you get it from. But blooming out, George Michael just looks like he's airbrushed, doesn't he? Like, he's just perfect. And I'd like to know. So, you know, obviously, they're Choose Life Tops. Like, I think they're quite well known for that. Like, I know yeah, about them. Yeah. Was there a meaning behind it? Like, did they wear them for a reason or was it just a bit of... I think it was just, I mean, because you had the Frankie Says and all that at the same yeah. time. So whether it was like a, a dig at that or, you uh, know, their own thing, I don't know. But yeah, uh, okay. was, um, right. just, I just things wondered. that was around at the time. Right. Um, but you saying about... Um, they looked like they just enjoyed life and just mm. bounced about. And that the reason they split up was George Michael wanted to go more serious. Oh, okay. And away That's from that style of music. So okay. yeah. Okay. All right. And am I right in saying it? So I think these are like basically just pop, but I think they have a bit of dance in there as well. But I don't know. Okay. So Wham are George Michael and Andrew Ridgely. And they had backing vocals of Pepsi and Shirley, who went on they to were the be women, their own. Yes, and they went on to have their own group as Pepsi and Shirley. Oh, okay. Own, so that was in after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they split yeah. up, right? So, cool. Uh, they were formed in Bushy, Hertfordshire. Oh, okay. Outside around Watford Way, I think it is. Yeah. In 1979. Oh, okay. And they are a pop group. Oh, just pop. I thought they had a bit of dancey in there because some of the music's music. Mm. Wham were influenced by funk and soul music and they become one of the most commercially successful pop acts of the 80s. Hence said one of the big four. said they're in the big four. They're the Uh, last ones of the big four that I'm listening to now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, you've done the others. Uh, Selling more than 30 million records worldwide uh, uh, between um, 1982 and 1986. Okay, I thought you were going to say about the single that is in no. the big... They sold 30 million records, as in all of together. their records put together. So it's not them, then? And 86. So it's not them. And it weren't Tears of Fears? No, it wasn't Tears of Fears. Oh, my God. So... They are seen as part of the second British invasion, which we spoke about before, um, of the US, driven by NTV, with three of their singles, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, Everything She Wants and Careless Whisper, all topping the US Billboard Hot 100. 
Why did I think Careless Whisper was just George Michael on his own? Is it not? That well? Um, he did Different Corner. I thought Careless Whisper was George Michael. It might, yeah, I thought Because I haven't got Careless Whisper either. Because Freedom was theirs, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Careless Whisper's his. Right, I okay. Think. All right. They had nine singles in the top 100. Right, in the US. Sorry, top, why have I put top 100? Top 10. Right, okay. Nine singles in the top 10. Okay. Losing myself now. Yeah. Nine singles in the top 10 in our right. chart. You right. In the UK chart. Yeah. Two albums um, were released. That's all they've done. Two Just albums. two? And they were two that albums. big? Fantastic Make It Big was a number one album in right. the album chart. And final was number two. Okay. That's mad that they were that big off just two And then they albums. had a best of Wham, which got to number four. Wow. And even final was like a best of, because that was like obviously... Like their final, the final yeah. album. Boom. And that was like a best of, if I'm honest. It had all their, you know. But so yeah, there was so no their like re- main album was fantastic, which did get to number one, obviously, on the back of their... Um, and how long were they together? Album. When did they break up? 86. Okay. That's mad. How you can be that commercialised. Yep. Oh, yeah. my God. They were the first Western group, or pop group, to visit China um, when they visited in 1985 for 10 days. They toured for 10 days in China. And the event is said to have helped relations between China and the West. Oh, wow. That's big, that is, isn't it? Yeah. That's amazing. Can you imagine being that per- like that group being like, I did this. I helped towards it. That's yeah. amazing. So they yeah, they did sort of like help break that that like tension. barrier down, yeah. Like, down or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um Wham's first single, um, Wham Rap from June 1982. Yeah. Uh, wasn't even included on the BBC Radio 1 playlist. Why? And only charted at 105. Stop! No. And then the band got lucky when Top of the Pops scheduled them at short notice after another act unexpectedly pulled out. And the rest, they say, is history. Wow, so that single didn't even get in the top 40 to be able to be on Top of the Pops, but Top of no, the Pops. No, so, sorry, it was, so, yeah, no. The Ram Wap was all for the first single. Right. That didn't get on the BBC Radio 1 playlist. Right. And only charted at 105. And then in October 82, Young Guns Go For It. Right. That, that was out, just outside the top 40, literally right. just outside. But as I've said before, BBC never let anyone outside the top 40. Yeah, the top yeah. Pops. However, another band pulled out. I'm with so you. they take the neck, they took someone from just outside who they obviously thought was going to maybe get into the top 40. Yeah. And, and that... they chose Wham. Wow. So Young Wham. Guns and that, more, that more, I would say, them and probably George Michael yeah. than the song yeah. propelled them into. A commercial success of um yeah 
Wow, that's mad. So if BBC weren't like, yeah, we kind of see something. BBC just helped them out, basically. Because without the BBC, well, yeah, they, they might not have... They, they weren't, but their first song wasn't even on the BBC no. Radio 1 playlist. No, but then that's because it was charted so bad. Yeah. So it sort of just shows you how important it is to get on radio playlists yeah. or Top of the Pops as it was then. That's and obviously mad, then MTV with the videos. Yeah. Like just shows how much back then that they yeah. helped propel people because without them, you don't you don't know where they could have been. They no. might not even become one of them. Well, no one would have known about them. No, exactly. So it just that, shows that, that back then. you into the, yeah. the, the, the viewers. Yeah, whereas now there's so many different ways of getting yourself out yeah. there. You don't need as much help from these type of commercialised um projects or whatever you want to call them it's crazy how much it's changed yeah um the club fantastic mega mix yeah um was released by their then record label in a vision who the duo had legal problems with at the time and the the duo as in wham Mm. they publicly denounced the singles released the singles release oh so they were against that club. So they didn't want that being that. They, they did be. no, no. But the the record label took it, um, released it, and then um, it wasn't long after that that Innovision eventually settled out of court, and then Wham joined Epic Records. Ah. And that's when so, the music um, kind of changes as well. After that, with the music that you've given me. Yeah. So their um, original backing singer. With with Shirley, yeah. So Shirley's always been there, right? But the original one was DC Lee, who um, went on to when she left, and obviously got re- replaced by um, Helen DeMarque, otherwise known as Pepsi, right? But DC Lee left for Style Council, which was Paul Weller from uh, the Jam. Oh, okay. So she left Wham to join the Style Council. Right. And as you know, or you, I'm guessing you know, Shirley from Pepsi and Shirley, she went on to marry Wham's biggest rivals, Duran Duran's Martin Kemp. Oh, yeah. I remember you saying that. So Ronan Kemp is Martin Kemp <gasps> and Shirley's. Oh, that's her. Son. So, yes, she is Shirley from Pepsi and Shirley, the backing singers of Wham. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. What a world. Imagine being Ronan Kemp, though. Like yeah. who his parents are. Yeah, and from it, Wham and from Duran Duran. Yeah. The two biggest, probably... 80s bands. 80s bands. Oh, what a life he leads, isn't he? Oh, no, he's... Sorry, no, no, he's Spandau Ballet. Getting it wrong, he's not Duran Duran. Spandau Ballet. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Not as <laughs> big. Probably not as big as Duran Duran. No, they were a bit bigger, weren't they? But they're still yeah, known. I'd say Duran Duran were. Oh yeah, they were still, still one of the big four. One of, yeah, one of the big four. Yeah, like, I'd say. Club. So yeah. I'd say out of them, like, I would go like Duran Duran, Wham, Spandau Ballet, Culture Club. Oh, I don't know. Maybe Culture oh, Club yeah. then. Spandau. I mean, Culture Club's a bit. Yeah, I think Culture Club's a bit different music. Yeah. To the other three. Yeah, the other three are quite similar. Um, Spandau Ballet obviously changed. Mm. Um. Duran Duran went the way did that George Michael thing. probably went wanted to go. I think it's mm, probably that that maybe. May, maybe George Michael looked at it and said, "That's where that's I want where to, I need you know, to be heading." Think of his songs. Yeah, you 
So yeah. When you say that you want to And I'm just coming to that. So Wham split up in 1986 due to George Michael wanting to make music targeted for a more sophisticated adult market. Fair enough. Rather than the duo's teenage audience. Mm, but I guess he was growing up and his audience were growing up. So yeah. he didn't want to just keep renewing with the teenagers. He wanted to move with his already known fans. Yeah. Makes sense. So, on to their singles. We've not had any number ones yet. These have got to have a number one. I thought these would have at least two. Okay. I did think three, but I'm so, thinking at least two. 1982, Young Guns Go For It. Yeah. I thought this one they were talking more than singing. This one I had to listen to a couple of times before I felt anything with it, you know. But... So as I say, it was outside the top 40, got a lucky break, got mm. onto the top of the pops. Yeah. And as I say, the rest was history. It ended up getting to number three. Wow. So it really pushed them. Crazy, that, isn't it? Yeah. So then on the back of that, Wham Rap, which I'd said, they released first, only tried at 105. They re-released it now that everyone knows who they are. Yeah. 1983, number eight. Nice. Do you know Wham Rap? That's so just a silly song, isn't it? They get on top of the pops with Young Guns, and outside bam. the top 40. That gets into number three. Okay, we haven't got another single yet. Let's re-release Ram Rap. It was a flop. Suddenly, it's a top 10 hit. Crazy. Amazing, I, it's it? funny, though. It's a silly song, isn't it? But you can't help but like it. I was like, what on earth am I listening to? But then that's when I was like, they're just having fun. It's a silly wham, song. Bam, bam. Yeah. And, but then it's kind of like, come on, when are going to help you? You don't need a job kind of thing. Just do what you, just do what you like doing. And I'm just like... All right, you're not really role models, are you? But we're roll with it. Yeah. Still 1983, Bad Boys. This one gets you moving. This one was one that I kind of had to listen to a couple of times as well. Like I went, but it does get you moving. Again, it's just a fun song. Like these three were the ones where I was like, they're experimenting a bit. This is one sound of theirs with these three. So, and this ends it quite nicely. Number two. Wow. Okay, they were big. Yep. All from the back of a Top of the Pops appearance that they weren't originally meant to be on. Crazy that, isn't it? 1983, Club Tropicana. This one, when I said about the dance, this is what made me put it down. Um, because this one is like your holiday song. Bit of disco and party. Not really disco. Like a, like a school disco, I mean. You know, party music. Um, I recognised it. But yeah, it's it's fun, isn't it? This was like this is their next sound. Number four. Wow. Still in 1983, the song that they didn't want anything to do with, Club Fantastic, the Mega Mix. I'm not surprised they didn't want anything to do with it. This was my least favorite. It's not really. It doesn't really sound like wham at all. Number fifteen. Oh, the case have dropped. So even though they still... told their fans not to buy it, they still, some <laughs> majority, went out and bought it. Yeah. Uh, now we're going into 1984. Wake me up before you go-go. Obviously, I recognise this one. Just sing along. It's fun. 
you know, it's well known. It's a classic wham, and it? it's the one that everyone thinks of when this when you say wham, it's this, isn't it? Number one. Yeah, I was just about to say this has got to be one of their number ones. 1984, Freedom. Yeah, recognise this one as well. This one's more just easy listening. This calmed them down a bit, I thought. Number one. Hey, look at them go. See, two. I said at least two number ones. Uh, 1984, Everything She Wants. Recognise this one Which too. was a double A side with Last Christmas. Oh, okay. Well, I recognise this one as well. I feel like it's a classic and they do, they kind of do, not a cappella as such, but it's like they make noise with their mouths more. That isn't just words. It's a kind of like a cappella. I don't know. I just like it. Number two. Mm. However, now I did, I did muck up on our Christmas one a few, couple of weeks ago because right. I said last Christmas never ever got to number one. Yeah, you did. Now it didn't get to number one as a Christmas hit. Right. Okay. So no Christmas number one. Never been. However, last this year, funny enough, it was released last year for last Christmas or on the back of last Christmas. It obviously downloads and what. Yeah, yeah. So much, but as I said, Mariah Carey eventually had the Christmas her number one. Yeah. Well, last Christmas knocked off. Mariah Carey and was the first number one for this year so it was the first number one of 2021 so they finally got their number one but it just weren't at Christmas 26 years just over 26 years later they eventually got last Christmas to number one but more than 26 years number one well I'm 26 36 years sorry (laughs) 36 years later they got last Christmas to number one. Well, However, as I say, not yeah. Christmas number one. Not where it, not when it should be number one, but they got to number one. Yeah. Okay. Good on them. Yeah. Um, I'm your man. This was my favourite. I love this one. It's just feel good, isn't it? Although me and Connor were like, isn't he gay? But I guess you could be singing it to anyone. But yeah. Recognise this one as well. Number one. Hey, look at them go. How many is that? Three. Yeah, wake me up before you go, go. Freedom and I'm your man. I was right, really, when I first said three. And now this single that they went out on, it was the the single that was promoting final, the album. Right, okay. It was a single that they'd already announced they were quit, they were splitting. Right. So Michael's going to be solo. I think he'd already bought out by now. I think uh, Careless Whisper had already even came out. Right. So he's um, already on his own kind of thing. They've already so he's split. already had a touch of the water, so to speak. Yeah. You know, had it dipped his toes in, seen what it's like, and obviously liked it. Yeah. Um, he was number one with Careless Whisper, actually. In fact, fact, his first three singles were all number one. Oh, but I guess coming on the back of Wham, that's helped. Yeah. It's helped him, isn't it? It's pushed him. Up. Yeah, as I say, yeah, he'd already gone out and um, had a had, had a fill of of a soloist with mm-hmm. Care- with Careless Whisper. Um, I've just looked. Careless Whisper was released in 1984. Oh, so, so exactly two years was, before they even it was split. even after even before I'm Your Man. As yeah, well. 
So, um, so yeah. Um, and then in 1986, a different corner. Okay. Is his next one. Um, so I don't know if that was before or after Edge of Heaven, but um, it was may well have been before. I don't know because it was in April. Oh. But um, yeah. Um, and that got to number one. And as I say, his next one, I knew you were waiting for was me. Also number that one. was also number one with Aretha Franklin. Wow. Um, but that's like on the back so yeah. of that wham, isn't it? That's why I'm going to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, he was big. He was already known and was already you big. Know. Yeah. He didn't have to work much, did he? No. So, Edge of Heaven. Um, I recognise this one as well. Um, sing along for me, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's my favorite. Oh, is it? it? It's a good, it is up there, but it doesn't be on your man for me. But yeah, sing along, it's another feel good, yeah. Okay, so I've just looked. The Edge of Heaven was released in June, so oh, that was wow, a different course. So he had he'd had two number ones as a soloist before with, even and then left. They announced, yeah, wow. Um, Edge of Heaven, number one. Okay, look at them. But so they I got think four. that would have been a lot of a lot down to they. It was their last single. Yeah, yeah. That would have probably had a lot to do with it at the time. Probably because I remember all. The, I remember when the final come out. It was like one of those albums that everyone wanted to get hold of. Yeah, it was, it was promoted so so heavily that yeah, I do remember that coming out. So yes, yeah, so four number. So they ones. got the four. 80s number ones this week and you've also had the two number ones now from mad world yeah and last christmas they were outside the 80s with you also i didn't mention but mad world is on oh it's electrics out mad world's on there oh so it is number 13 so i did say that one is a very what did i write a very electric very 80s song i did say that so and it is and you've got to remember that was their first real single and they as i said you know when we discussed them they were influenced not influenced like, so they, they, they enjoyed by, no they uh, were influenced they liked by like the way talking the heads yeah yeah carrie newman depeche mode yeah so, that's yeah. where they kind of probably got that from they liked the sound yeah. of them but they were influenced by others yeah so moving on then to wow or the Mighty Wars, they're also known. Yeah. Um, Pete Wiley's bands. Right. I was going to ask who Pete Wiley is, because on Spotify, it's always Pete Wiley and the Mighty War, I think Yeah, it so says. that's why I put him with him, because he was, in effect, them. So he was active from 1977. Uh, he's from Liverpool, Merseyside, and um, he's an alternative rock musician okay. band, I put rock slash new wave and I'd say, probably say new wave as well but yeah so Pete Wiley was originally in the band Crucial 3 right with Ian McCulloch of Echo and the Bunnymen oh okay and Julian Cope of the Teardrop Explodes Oh, so they're in a group right. and all three of them went left off to do bought their own and they all done you know their own group in fairly essence. well yeah um out of the three i'd probably say echo and the bunny men were the biggest teardrop explodes next and the mighty war or the war probably the least success as you know from how many songs you had yeah 
Um, but Pete Wiley was very much a, a musician of the 80s. Oh, really? So did he do anything on his own as well then? Sinful, which you had. Right, so that's just him. Because it still said, all three that you've given me on Spotify still say Pete Wiley and The Mighty Wah. Not one of them yeah, is no, just Pete Wiley and not one of them is just The Mighty Wah. They're all... So, well, sin, sinful is just him. Right, okay. So, in, so, as I say, he was active. He got together in 1977 with Ian McCulloch and Julian Cope. They then went their own way. Um, as I say, Ian McCulloch, Echo and the Bunnyman, Julian Cope, The Teardrop Explodes, and Pete Wiley in 1979 formed WAR, also known as WAR Heat and The Mighty WAR. It had different meanings. Very confusing when they have all these different yeah. names. It's like just stick to one. So in 1980, WAR released two singles under the name WAR Heat. Right. Uh, Better Scream and Seven Minutes to Midnight, um, with Seven Minutes to Midnight being NME's single of the week, as well as Melody Maker and Sounds also making it their single of the week. Oh, okay. Not that it done much in the chart. Right. I was going to say because. And then in spring 1980, they released their first album under Warner Music, uh, Nah equals Poo. The Art of Bluff, as just War. Right. Um, and then by 1986, Wiley had ditched his backing ensemble, a bit like Gary Newman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, That's exactly Boyani, what I was just thinking. And he went solo with his with the hit Sinful. Right. Uh, so War had one top 10 hit, and he had a solo top 20 hit. Right, okay. Okay. And that's really all I can tell you about why. Well, yeah, there's not much. Around a bit. They were a little speck. In the 80s. But a nice speck. A nice speck. Do you like the 80s? I like the story of the blues. Okay. And I like Sinful. Okay. Okay. You don't. Okay. It was a mega change in the sound, wasn't it? From what I've already had this week. Let's just. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I suppose it's we'll move on then to their chart placing and find out what you think. Yeah. So 1982, the story of the now very mind they already had two flops, mm. as I said, with Better Scream and Seven Minutes to Midnight. Even though the Seven Minutes to Midnight, a single of the week and mm. three of the you'd think it would do well around at the time, um, but obviously it didn't push it enough. They didn't get onto top of the pops, obviously, and no. it changed their whole life. You know? <laughs> um, they didn't have it that no, easy. In 1982, on the back of that, the story of the blues, part one, I don't know what happened with part two, but there we go. Um, whether that's on an album. Don't know. What did you think of that? So this was my favourite. Not yeah. that there was much to choose from. There was good vocals. It draws me in, you know. It's, it, it, yeah. But it was a good song. I liked it. So did everyone else. Well, I know it's not number one. Could it have sold over 30 million records? Well, out of all the ones that are left, that's the one that I would prefer to have done that. It didn't, but it got to number three. Oh, that's not bad, though, is it? Not a bad no, place. No. Uh, and then we go on to 1983, Hope, I Wish You'd Believe Me. This one was, like, toned down. I felt like it was very deep. I felt like they went a bit dark. But yeah, 
it was a bit a change from the story of the blues. I was kind of like, what, yeah. where, where are the, like, what are these? And unfortunately, that change didn't help them because it went to number 37. Oh, that's bad. And obviously then, Pete Wiley then decided, I'm going my own way. And he went with 1986 Sinful. And you like this song? I do, yeah. I just think it's just noise. It's just a bit of noise. It's, I just, yeah. Number 13. Mm, not too bad. Not too bad. Not great, but it's, yeah. it's still a top 20 hit. Mm. He's a very serious bloke, is this Pete Wiley. Mm-hmm. He's just very, he's, he's, I don't know, just, there's just no like emotion to him. He just, he's there to sing his song and he's there to go home. Okay. That's his job. Well, yeah, but you could at least enjoy it. (laughs) Moving on. Trio. Right. No idea of the genre because no idea what these are really about. These are my weird group, aren't they? You know how (laughs) I said there was a time where every week I had a weird group? Well, it got better. It got better and I didn't have one. And then you throw these into the mix. Like, they're foreign. I think they're German, I want to say. I don't know. So they you are. could have left this out, Dad. You could have just, <laughs> just been like, we're good. And if this is a 30 million person... We said we have to, you know, take into account yes. all they, you know... They're very inclusive. They're heavy metal and, you know... Yes. So, trio are Stephen Remier, lead vocals and keyboards, Gert Quarwinkle, guitar and backing vocals... And Peter Berens, drums and backing vocals. They were formed in 1979. So the same as the Mighty War, because that's yeah. when Pete Wiley formed the Mighty War. Mm. Um, and they are from West Germany, as it was then. Hey, look at me. Um, and they are a new wave band. Okay. However, they are also known as ZAM in Europe. Why? <laughs> I don't know. ZAM, ZAM. But we're Europe. We never we knew them as trio, but I don't get why. Why are why are part of Europe like Zam? I don't and know. UK are like trio, and their videos dead weird. You know, like they're like just in this building. It's not even a building. It looks animated, and you've just got the one playing the drum in the corner, and you've got the one playing his guitar in the background, and then you've got the front man, and he brings out this teeny tiny little keyboard. Very teeny tiny. It's more like a harmonica. And he plays it. And he, like he proper presses like his program button or whatever. And kind of is kind of like looks at you to kind of body language say, listen. And it's like you've you're weird. What it what even is this song? It, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They released three albums, mm-hmm. two of which were top ten album chart in Germany. Trio in 1981, Bye Bye in 1983, and What's the Password in 1985. Okay. However, they were only had one commercial outside of Germany. They only really had one commercial single, which is the one you listen to. Yep. Da, da, da. <laughs> um, which sold, and I now got this wrong, I'm sorry, 13 million singles, not 30. 13. Oh, so it's not as big as you've made out. Is this the no, one? No, it's, no, no, I was just getting mugged up. It is still as big. So just so you know, the list of best-selling singles, Bing Crosby, White Christmas, 1942, since then has sold 50 million copies or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
or sales. Elton John, something about you look tonight, Candle in the Wind. Yeah. 33, this is from 1997, 33 million copies have been sold. Mm -hmm. Mungo Jerry, In the Summertime, 1970. Okay. In the Summertime. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 million singles. Right. Bill Haley and the Comets. Walk around the clock. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, what? Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, what? No? Okay. No. Um, 1954, uh, 25 million copies. Right. Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Yeah. From 1992, 20 million copies. Okay. Elvis Presley, It's Now or Never. 1960, 20 million copies. Okay. USA for Africa, so the equivalent of Band-Aid. We are the world. Mm. We are the world. Yeah. I we are the people. Yeah. 1985, 20 million copies. Okay. The Ink Spots, never heard of them myself. If I Didn't Care, from 1939. Blooming egg. 19 million copies. Bacara. Yes, Sir, I Can Boogie, from 1977, 18 million copies. Right. Celine Dion, mm. My Heart Will Go On, yep. 1997, 18 million copies. Mariah Carey, All I Want For Christmas Is You, yep. from 1994, 16 million copies yeah ryan adams everything i do i do it for you the longest yeah. number one in the uk 1991 15 million copies right john travolta and olivia newton john yeah from greece yeah you're the one that i want yeah 1978 15 million copies Scorpions, Wind of Change, 1991, 15 million copies. Belmer Bis Duchamp by the Andrews Sisters, 1937, 14 million copies. Prince Nico Mbarga, Sweet Mother from 1976, 13 million copies. Kayaru Sakamoto with Sukiyaka, Sukiyaki from mm -hmm. 1963, 13 million copies. Trio, da da da, 1982, 13 million copies. Now, what's amazing is I haven't even read out a song by the Beatles. They are next. Well, after there's got then you've got Gene Autry with Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, oh, 1949, yeah. 12 and a half million copies. Yeah. Then you've got the Beatles, I Wanna Hold Your Hand from 1963, with 12 million copies. A million less Who than on da, earth da, da, da. and hold is on. buying it. Hold on. I still haven't got to Band-Aid. Do they know it's Christmas? 
the biggest selling single of 1983 at uh, 1984 yeah with 11.7 million copies since then we've it's got to number one three times yeah but different but yeah but it's still it's it, that song is still would be classed as do they know it's yeah. christmas yeah but it's not banned 11.7 million copies i just want to know who's buying it is it just uk Copies, no, that's worldwide. Or just, worldwide. Well, there you go then. That's... So this person is already known in Germany. So is everyone in Germany probably has bought this and probably lost it and bought it again because these are the only people to have ever made it from Germany, musical wise. And then some other uh, weirdos where, in where Europe. Did, who were the pioneers of synth pop music? Oh yeah, I forgot about them. Craftwork. Where are they from? Germany. All right. But still, still, okay. You, you and know they what are I mean. bigger than Kraftwerk. Yeah. How? Exactly. This was no just one weird. can answer it. One song has seen them become probably multi-millionaires, you know. That's mad. They wrote okay. it. I don't know if they wrote it. I'm guessing they did. Well, with the words and everything, there's not much writing to be done, is there? No. So I will just know oh, Da da da. Sold 13 million, or have at, at present sold 13 million copies worldwide and is the 16th best selling single of all time. Just let that sink in. The 16th best selling single of all time is the da da da. So they were number one at the time in Austria. New Zealand, South Africa, and Switzerland, and was top five everywhere else. So in the top five, everywhere else except the Netherlands and Spain, where they were number seven. So they were in the top 10 of every chart in that have that have a music chart in 1982. Which would include the UK. Just get over with. It's just repetitive. And I've literally written down WTF for this song. Can I just say that Germany wasn't its biggest. I know I was waiting for you to say Germany, but. So in Germany, it sold 500,000 copies. Right. In the UK, it sold 250,000 copies. Right. In Canada, it sold 200,000 copies. Okay, where did it sell the most then? However, in France alone, it sold 677,000 copies copies this is mad i'm ready yeah i'm i'm done with these yeah these so are they just had one, top, my they, head. They had one top 10 hit funny enough da 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 and Crow inkel he passed away in 2014 mm-hmm. and berenz passed away in 2016 so the only remaining sole survivor of trio is Stephen Remina. The other two, unfortunately, have, have, let, have passed. Mm. 
So, go on. As I said, it's wait. Now we go on to um, the chart. I guess go you on. liked it. I guess you loved it. Actually, where like did it come? Ca- can't wait. Um, can't wait to so hear where it's So, 1982 in the UK. Da da da. Got charted at number two. Stop. Number two. Oh my god. I'm just actually going to have a look to see what kept it off the number one place. Because it'd be interesting to know, 1982, what kept it off Mm. from being a number one in the UK. So it was in July 1982. And number one was... Fame. Fame. Fame by Arena Khanna from the from the T had a TV program. Fame. Right, okay. Fame. I'm gonna live forever. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Dance. Fame. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm that with you. Kept da 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 off the number one. Mad. But yeah, I don't know. At least so, it yeah. weren't number one. If you so would have said that it was gonna be number one, I would have been fuming. Yeah, well, it was, it was everywhere else, pretty much, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there you go. That was your biggest selling single that you will probably, well, you, you will listen to. That, that's the biggest selling single of the 80s that you will listen to. Let's just move on because I can't get me head so if you, let, let, let's let that sink in, actually. No, I don't want it of to all sink those, in. Of all those songs I just read out, Trio was the first 80s one. You had something right. in the 90s there with Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, Retney Houston, but Trio was the biggest 80s single. And are you proud of that? Well, I'm not proud you of that. You want to scream that just, out, do you? Yeah, you want to yeah. scream that, that's and a shout good that out for, do you? for 80s music, isn't it? Not, no. The best selling no. Single in the 80s you're trying trio. to um, educate me in 80s, you know. I mean, yeah, you're doing a yeah. good job. You're letting me know yeah. everything. But I'm not selling it. I don't really want to know. When you think of all the you've listened to, even mm. just today with Wham and Tears of Fears, that's the best selling single that you've yeah. listened to. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Moving Classic on. Naboo. Classic Naboo. Yeah. So I'm guessing these are rock and electro pop, I want to say, or some sort of electric. And it's not what I was expecting from the mid 80s because that's where we are now when they're getting hits from the mid 80s it's not what I was expecting it's not what I've been sold. Well, still a 1982 still a... well yeah but it's still not what I was expecting like, I don't know I thought we were moving into something and yeah it's not what I was expecting it's just like I say some of these I was a bit shocked about listening with this week so, so classic Naboo was Sal Solo on vocals Jack Airport on guitar and Andy Quanta on keyboards and Um, the vocal guy he's bald in it solo yeah 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 well he looks a bit like a vampire he's very scary looking (laughs) and their videos I just I get a bit uneasy watching him I'm like it might be because of what I'm about to tell you oh okay Um, so um Jack Airport was replaced with Gary Steadman in 1979 Right. And Stedman himself was replaced in 1981 with the Finnish guitarist Jimmy Suman. When, and Stedman went on to join A Flock of Seagulls, who we mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah they Not were formed me. in 1979. 
right. in London. They're a new wave band. Oh, okay. I thought they were a bit on more on the rock side. Classic Nouveau were part of the new romantic scene in London. So hence... Okay, the hence the heavy, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and he's got his heavy eye makeup, I said. Yes. But he's just yeah. vampire looking. It's very dark, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So is it a dream? Yeah. Was number one in Poland? Right. Portugal? Right. Yugoslavia, Israel, Iceland, and many other countries. I don't know why oh, it lists so these them and then says many well. others. And then says, you either list them all or you just say it was number one in many countries. But don't yeah. list half a dozen and then say, and, and then many be like, others, and many more. But that's what it did, yeah. So that was a big one across the world kind yeah. of thing then. And by the time they um, disbanded in 1985, Sal Solo was the only original member. So and that's the main guy. It was a, guy. a lot of changes. So even though they were still going, everyone probably got freaked out by the main. It guy. was there was um, a, a totally different lineup. They had one top twenty hit. You'll be glad to know. Yeah. And um, they had two albums, but both outside the top forty. Okay, so they weren't that big then. No. So, nineteen eighty one, guilty. This one, right, this I put as my favourite. I've only got two. But this one, like, it was like a chant. I don't know. But then I watched the video and I was like, this one I was expecting. Because the video is, like, dark and it's like a Halloween party and that's when I thought he looked like a vampire. But, yeah, this one out of the two was my favourite. Well, the reason I didn't put them as 1981, they're in the 1982 groups, mm. is because Guilty actually come outside the top 40. Oh, really? Come at number 43. So but there you listening? go. So you like it. So you yeah. might not have got to listen to it if I haven't given you it. So there you go. Yeah. So 1982, is it a dream? Yeah. What did you think? I've already told too you it's rocky. number one. In, you know, oh, yeah. Countries. I thought it was too rocky and instrumental for me. It, yeah, it weren't, I don't know. It, it just is it a me. dream? Yeah, it's not. And then you watch the video, and I'm like, oh, they're very gothic. Number eleven. Man, that's mad. Just outside the top ten. That's mad. So the one you like was just outside the top forty. The single yeah. that actually was their hit was just outside the top ten. Wow. So Said something go. about me. I'm. I don't follow. I'm not a follower. <laughs> so moving on then to the last group, PhD. Yeah. Um, so this one, like I've only got one song. Um, there's not much to really say about him. I thought it was a woman singing at first, and then I watched a video and it was a man, and I was like, oh, okay. But I've just got questions about the name. Find anything out about the name? You've not worked it out? Well, I know PhD means doctor. Like, it's a degree, but okay. it's what he is. Okay. I did think he looks like a magician. Whether that has anything to do with anything. Okay. PhDR, Jim Diamond on Aye. vocals, Tony Hymas on keyboards, and Simon Phillips on drums. And you wanted me to work that out. You wanted me to work out what PhD meant. I don't look up anything about the people. I did, so you tell you know, me that. You know, now yeah. I know, yeah, makes sense now. But the way it is written is yeah. like big Done P. On purpose. 
Yeah. Little H. Little H. Dot. Dot. Big D. D. Big D. Yeah. Why? So they were formed in 1981 in the UK. That's all I know. They were new wave synth pop, blue eyed soul. Ooh. Um, The band name is their surname initials arranged in a way to denote the degree of the same initials. So they did right. it. Okay, so they wanted to look effect. At... Yeah, I guess draw it's people actually in. just their initials. initials. So P is Phillips, H is Hymus, and D for Diamond. Mm. There you they're go. just lucky that their initials spell out PhD. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Their video for Little Susie on the Up uh, was the fifth video ever shown on MTV on the first of August, nineteen eighty-one. Just so oh, you know. Oh, look at them. Yeah. Yes. Not that they've done well, that the day that when it like happened. Yeah, well, yeah, did, is it that the day fifth... that it um yeah. no, isn't that the day that then there's someone that we've already spoken about and uh, MTV like them. crashed? Oh yeah, there was. Yes, I can't remember it was now. And they only got like yeah 30 seconds of their yeah, video right. out yes, there and it crashed did. and then it was yeah, went yeah, on to the yeah. next one. Was that like yeah. the same day, like when it first Yeah, 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 it would have been, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can't remember who that was. No, nor can I, but but yeah. yeah, no, you're right. Uh, Phillips left the group uh, right. during the recording of their second album, um, and Diamond and Hymas continued as a duo and released their second album. And then they released the second album. However, the lead single I didn't know was a flop. The tour was planned, but Diamond contracted hepatitis. Oh, and the group just disbanded in the end. <laughs> Everything oh, went against them. Anyway. Everything just went wrong. So um, the luck they were out. formed in 1981, and by 1983, they were no more. Oh, okay. Very short-lived then. And I suppose it was a bit hard, because when one of your group, when you've named a group after your initial of the band, <laughs> initial, they, and one of them's left. they could have changed it to they HD. They could have become HD, like but HD. HD wasn't around then. Well, they, no. They could have been ahead of their time. Futuristic, yeah. yeah. However, Diamond did return as a solo artist, Oh, okay. And um, had a number one. Oh. I should have known better to lie to someone beautiful as you. You probably haven't heard it. Nope. But yeah, he he got a number one. Was that in the 80s? That was in the 80s. So we will discuss him when we do the solo. So we'll be back to him. Um, However, Diamond and Hymas reformed the group in 2006. Oh. Um, And until Diamond's death in 2015. Okay. So they they were still going. Yeah. Um, didn't bring anything out or not of, of note, but um, yeah. Um, right. They had one top 10 hit. Funny enough, you can guess who that is. And um, their album reached number 33. Okay. So they weren't that big. They weren't, well, they weren't really anything. They were another speck. No. A bit of dust blown into the 80s. Yes. So where, what did you think of uh, I Won't Let You Down? It's just an in the background song. It's mellow, it's quiet. Yeah, there weren't, it didn't draw me in. I could just play it. It was just kind of, yeah, just like I say, in the background. Uh-huh. And like I say, I thought it was a woman singing, but obviously it wasn't. Okay. It was Take It On The Run by Rio Speedwagon, the um, MTV. Ah, that was it. it. Right. And that was the ninth song played so uh, phd had already played okay 
Okay, just going back. Um, so yeah, so 1982 PhD. I won't let you down. Got to number three. Hey, now man. I did look. Number two was Yazoo only. Oh, ah. Oh. Which going back to Mad World and Last Christmas was also a number one, but for the Flying Pickets. Yes, yes. Going so, yeah. back to the Christmas. So that episode. kept that they were number three when Yazoo were number two. So Ooh. there you go. Okay. Okay. So that is this week's a bit of a different side of the 80s, I suppose. Yeah, but we don't you, really need I, to revisit I, this side. I did, I, no, but you've got to think you had two big bands in there, or yeah, I would call big. So I didn't want to overdo it, Over, with, yeah, you know. So no, that's I'm why you got the, the other ones that you got at the time, and they were all, yeah. as I say, from 1982. Um, so hit or miss, tears for fears. They are a hit. They are a hit. I spoke about them in a way to throw you off, but I did like them. Yeah, like they had really good songs. It was just more change, Pale Shelter, and The Way You Are didn't really hit with me as much as... I mean, I liked Mother's Talk, but it really... I really started listening and getting in with them from Shout. And I was like, yes, this is... Yeah, it's a bit of me. So they got a hit, yeah. Good. Wham hit and i remember you saying i don't think wham are going to be the one you like the most this no week. i was just about to ask you what which did you prefer you wham. still a wham yeah they're just more up my street like i think because tears of fears have that bit of rock i just i don't know i can't connect with them as much as wham like obviously i know more of whams but See, like when I'm listening, we all know I don't listen and go for the ones that I know. We know that. We know I found ones that I like that I don't know. But Wham's just more up my street. If I went in and I'd never heard a Wham song, never heard a Tears of Fear song, it would still have been Wham. Okay. Yeah. So, fair enough. Uh, the Mighty War. Miss. 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 Yeah. Didn't like it. Didn't even no. like the story of the blues. I, that was my favourite. I liked that one, but that song alone couldn't it it couldn't push them into a hit. I wouldn't go out and find no. any more of their songs. But I did like the um, story of the blues. That was a good song. If the others were like it, it would have been a hit. Yeah. Obviously, trio. Yeah, um, we're just going to go past that. That's a miss. such a massive, great no, big song. You're going to say, yeah, loved it, Dad. Best song no, of the 80s. By no, far. Dad. No, Dad. That was a song no. that like, I think that's the worst song you've ever given to me. Bar. <laughs> who was it that I couldn't pick a favourite of? Was Selector. It spe- Selector. Bar them, Trio comes in next. Awful. Next. Miss. Bye. Never listen to that again. Ever. Oh. I've listened to it's it insane. like one too many times. And it is a shock when you think. And obviously, it's not influenced yeah. by uh, by the Brits. Um, no, not at all. But it does just show you that you know this this group, which it shows you one what weird music is and, actually yeah, out there. You know, that's what it does show are. me. Yeah. So, um, nah. Hazy Fantasy weren't a great fan of either, were you? From right, like the Selector. Uh, they weren't that. No, they weren't yeah. that bad. They were just so a bit Selector weird. Is still they were. Oh, they're just still the worst. At least yeah. I could pick a favourite from Hazy Fan Hazy. They were just yeah. like having a bit of fun, weren't they? And yeah, uh, yeah right. they were just kid like they were. So I felt yeah. weird, okay. but yeah. 
but no, not a, not a fan of Trio then. No. Um, with their, although they don't care about you, to be honest. They've done all right without well, you. Well, they um, can cut. They I'm can not, I mean, it's an okay song, but yeah. I'll you think it's an say. okay song? It's, it, for what it was, it's an it's a, it's okay. A, yeah. I don't know what to think um, of you anymore. Let's move cl- on. Class, classic Naboo. What, what do you mean? What are? Oh, you don't know what to think of me. Thirteen. They've sold thirteen. I'm worried about your taste. <laughs> when you say you've got high expectations for this series, and you're saying you like da da da, it's I don't the biggest really selling know. single of the move 80s. on, Dad. You're not selling. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Classic Naboo. Miss. Bit yeah, too rocky I, I, for me. No, yeah. I just yeah. I mean, I do like it's a dream, but it's it's yeah. It's no, not I like. Stuff. I don't mind. Guilty. Is it a dream? Sorry, but yeah. I don't mind guilty, but oh. yeah, they're a mess. And then PhD, another mess. They were just like yeah. I say, they were background noise. Uh, I see. I do, I do like that song, but yeah. and as I say, it got to number three. You know, yeah. So uh, it was obviously. I'm not like... surprised. I mean, again, it's only one song, um, yeah. So it's hard to uh, to think, but yeah, okay. In an interesting week, um, and I'm not surprised if I'm honest. The mm. I would have definitely said the last week, mainly because there wasn't much to give you, and the, the music and there weren't standout hits. Even though no. as I, say, I won't let you down, got to number three, they weren't standout. No, da da da, which sold 30 million copies. But again, it for me, it's not a standout. Um, but the while I thought it just depended how how you saw Sinful and the story of the blues. I like yeah. them both, so that's why you know, yeah, that's why like Sinful. Mm. And um, fair enough, obviously, then it, that tipped just the other side. But yeah, yeah, I'm glad, as I said at the beginning, Tears for Fears, I think you'd have been surprised with how good they were. So yeah, no, I did, I did like them. Yeah, okay. I listened to them again next week. Then go on. Beautiful. Anything better than this week. I'll just take anything better than this week. Okay. You really did Tears for Fears of Wham the Dirty. You <laughs> did them the dirty by putting them in this week. <laughs> so, Shalamar. Shala what now? Shalamar. Okay. No. Banana Rama. Okay, I've heard of them. Couldn't tell you any songs, but I'll probably recognise some. China Crisis. Nope. The Associates. Nope, that sounds very formal. KC and the Sunshine Band. Nope. The Weather Girls. <gasps> Is that? It's raining men. Is it? They are your groups for next week. I don't like oh, when you don't entertain me in this I way and let me know. Shall you should be really happy that if that songs? is the song, you I should shall. be happy that if that is send the song you. that they have sung, you should be happy that your daughter, the one that has no idea what songs are, knows. It's not that one, out. is it? <laughs> you will find out. Um, I will send over the songs for those six groups. So Shalimar, Bananarama, China Crisis, The Associates, Casey and the Sunshine Band and The Weather Girls will be arriving at you to listen next week for us to discuss this time next week. Okay. Okay. All right, then. Right. On that note, I shall say good night and goodbye. Okay. Bye, Dad. See you. Bye.